0: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 206 of Business of Design. I'm so glad you're here. You're going to meet a powerhouse interior design professional from Dallas, Texas. Her name is Juliana Oliveira, and she's been a Business of Design member for about one year, and oh my gosh, she is on fire. Can I be specific? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. I can be specific. Juliana has increased her revenue by 143% since becoming a member, not 43%, which would be staggering by anyone's estimation, but 143%, which is phenomenal, though not uncommon for business of design members. If you implement what we teach, that will happen to you as well. Juliana knows in the year ahead, I want her to turn her attention to profit because that's really where sustainability and true success lie. Revenue is fun though, right? We get excited about that revenue number. Juliana has been in business for over a decade. She's a general contractor who specializes in remodels and interior design for residential and commercial properties. She has a passion for transforming spaces through a design lens of modern luxury, and she's got an international influence as well because she's Brazilian. She grew up in a family of architects and engineers, which I think is a great head start, don't you think? Her company is called Beyond Interior Design, and that's her handle on Instagram. So I encourage you to find Juliana and say hello. She has big plans, big aspirations. Before you hear from Juliana, let's hear from Cheryl Horn and find out what's happening in Business of Design. Cheryl, what is happening these days?
1: Well, we just launched our second members-only podcast episode. So if you are in need of MoBOD, head to the website for that. We are going to be talking contracts with Darcy Heather, Leanne Bunnell, and Nyla Free, three of our BOD rock stars. They're going to share what's in their contract and what their favorite thing in their contract is. And again, that's exclusive to members. So if you're a member of Business of Design, head to your members dashboard and under Podcast, you're gonna see a little drop down there now for members only episodes. So that's in there and we will be putting these out every couple of weeks as well. Also, if you remember, coming up, mark your calendar for February 10th, BOD Live Palm Springs. We weren't able to all be together back in October for our BOD Elite Retreat, so we're going to do our best to bring the retreat to you. And I think everybody's in need of a little retreat right now, so again, mark your calendar February 10th. Not only do you get to come face-to-face with other Business of Design members, but Kimberly, you're also going to be joined by Christopher Kennedy. Uh, We were lucky enough to have Christopher be part of the retreat back in 2018, and our members got to meet him live, but he's agreed to join us for this one as well. So again, we're going to try and create our own little uh, BOD Elite Retreat and, and bring that to our members. So if you're not currently a member and you want to participate in this BOD Live, and of course all of our BOD Lives and get in on the Members Only podcast as well, all you have to do is become a member so you can head to the website for that for complete detail so a lot to look forward to
0: we'll talk to you soon thanks so much for the update yes the live bod events are one hour long it's a one hour opportunity to recharge your battery and get motivated for the month ahead i look forward to seeing you all there and thank you so much for being here let's get on to the show
2: preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too.
0: Juliana, so nice to finally meet you. How are you?
3: Good. It's so exciting to meet you. I'm excited to talk to you today.
0: Where are you at? Where do you live?
3: I'm in Dallas, Texas.
0: Oh, one of my best friends lives in Dallas. In fact, another of my best friends, many of you know her, Janine Ladenbeck, is in charge of programming at Business of Design. But Janine was so smart, she figured out early in 2020 that if she was going to get to travel anywhere, she would need... Wheels and so she bought herself a Sprinter van and fixed it up, and it's adorable. It's actually a he, his name is Morrison. And I recently was able to take him on City Line. So, if you want to see a video of Morrison, the show airs on November 28th, cityline.ca. If you're not familiar with it, or you can see some video clips on my Instagram feed. But anyway, Janine and Morrison and I were going to hit the road. In early February, and drive from Los Angeles to Dallas and hang out with my girlfriend in her garage. But of course, with shutdowns and lockdowns, all of that's been canceled now. And I really miss her. Oh,
3: that would be fun. That would be so
0: fun. Yeah, I thought so for sure. But we all need to stay safe. We are in the home stretch, I think. I hope. It's really, though, really nice to meet you, Juliana. I think you only recently found business of Design. Am I right through the podcast?
3: Yeah, I somehow, through another podcast, through, you know, colleagues, got introduced to Business of Design. Um, and like you said, first it was the podcast. I started listening to a few podcasts, and then I started digging deeper and deeper and heard about the membership and decided that I just needed to take the plunge and, and, you know, join.
0: Well, I'm glad you did, and I want to ask you something. Was it a risk? Did it feel like a risk? I say that because I signed up for so many programs that are supposed to be helpful to me, the interior design professional, seminars, conferences, coaching, and it was a colossal waste of money and time, and I don't know what it would take these days to convince me to sign up for anything when there's so many people trying to capitalize on this market you know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say I'm the type of person that, you know, if everybody else is doing it, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) I'm like the anti cult mentality. So, um, I wanted to make sure that if I was going to, you know, invest in something, you know, financially and with my time, that it was going to be something I was going to take seriously and, and do it. Um, so again, listening to the podcast and, you know, the lessons from everybody, all the guests and um, the reiteration of the information that you kept putting forth um, just made me feel like it was exactly what I needed. Um, So I was a little hesitant, but I knew that if I was going to do it, I was going to do it all the way.
0: So I'll just lead with the chin and say, are you happy you joined? (laughs) We didn't rehearse any of this. So potentially things could go really bad for me right now.
3: If you can tell, but I'm, I'm a super fan. I'm so, so excited and grateful that I did find business of design. Um, it was so much more than what I had expected. Um, and I feel like I really am like a, a true Testament of, you know, how you can change your business if you just follow the system. And I, I didn't want this to sound like a commercial, but it, I don't know how else to
0: say it. <laughs> I know, I know. I totally feel you. Okay. So, so thank you. That's adorable and sweet. And I'm so happy and I'm so grateful. So what's changed for you? Because I'm sure there are people listening right now who are thinking, oh yeah, it works for Juliana, but it's not going to work for me. What's changed and what's made a difference?
3: Oh my gosh, so much. Um, And it's crazy because it was such a short amount of time to see this much change. Um, And I found business of design and the, the system at a point where I was I have to make a decision, you know, I had just had a baby and I decided that either I was going to really slow down, um, and spend more time at home, or I was going to take this to the next level. And after a little bit of soul searching, I decided that I, I really wanted to take this up a level and, um, pull this thing up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, um, it was, about a year a year ago that um, I, I started implementing the systems and everything changed in terms of size of the company, number of employees, the revenue that we're bringing in, um, what we're projected to do next year, it's bananas.
0: Do you remember the first thing you changed that didn't work? I totally remember because I was in such pain. Every single thing that had to do with money, my billing policies, my collection policies, deposits, retainers, you name it. If it had to do with money, it was in bad shape. And what I found is as I cleaned those things up, the results were so dramatic that that gave me the motivation to keep going and change other things.
3: Yeah. Um, it was kind of the same for me. And I, I can relate to you a lot in your story. Um, I know I appreciate that you really candid and you share, um, how you, you, you know, came up with, with the idea that you did need help and, and hiring business coaches and, and making the time for all that. So I'm grateful that you share with us. And I, I can relate to, to that situation where, you know, you're getting Canadian fired, as you say, <laughs> your projects are not seeing the end, you know, you can't collect when it's time. Um, and, you know, you just so wait, see the, so that. that
0: happens in Texas too. What is, yes. what, is what does Texas fire look like? Is it exactly the same? <laughs>
3: Yeah. It's like when the client is looking at their space when it's not complete and they're like, you know, this looks amazing as it is. Um, we don't need any more. And you know, you're cringing inside because you know, you're not at the end. So you have no beautiful pictures. You know, that, um, the client is never going to see the project through. Um, so they're never going to know the true potential of what the space really should have been. Um, and it's just, you know, it's a little letdown, um, for any designer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? If you're smart and I'm not, clearly I'm not. If you're a savvier business person, you would have known you were being fired and you would have made changes to ensure you didn't get fired in the future. But I just kept like, do, to do. Oh, well, bad luck. I assume that people in Texas, when you get fired are also super polite.
3: Yeah, yeah. People are very um polite in Texas. You know, everybody holds your door, everybody wants to come across, you know, the, the best way they can, you know, bless your heart and all of that. Um so it was just <laughs> something polite, like polite, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's meant to be polite, but you know what the intentions are. So it doesn't change anything in the in the end.
0: <laughs> okay, so what did you change early on that made you feel like, oh wow, I'm gonna go for this. I got it. I'm going all the way.
3: Yeah. So the first thing for me was the contract. Um, So we were working with a contract um, that was a living document that would change constantly and consistently um, depending on, you know, new lessons that we learned um, with different projects. Every project's different. Every client's different. We would always evolve, but somehow I felt like there was always something. There was always something that was not covered on the contract. There was always something that the client could walk or like, you know, loop around and, and do what however they want. Um, we we used to collect to your point of uh, the way we collected money. We used to collect um, retainers, and then we would you know make purchases, and then when we would get to a certain level, we would collect more, um, sort of like a, a law firm, and it didn't it didn't work so well for us. You know, we would get to a point where we just had to stop the project because people weren't paying on time, and then you know stopping the train halfway halfway through when, you know, you're going 60 miles an hour, it's very difficult. So, um, that was a big thing for me when I learned about, um, how the clauses in the contracts that really would allow me to build differently and take the money up front. So I could really, um, wow the client with our efficiency, you know, if, if we don't have the money on hand, we can't be efficient. So, um, that was the first thing that, uh, that changed for us.
0: Did you have some fear the client would react, um, negatively and what what really happened?
3: I had so much fear around that. And I think that's what held me back the whole time. You know, and I'm a I'm a pretty, you know, business savvy person. Um I'm the kind of entrepreneur that, you know, was born to be an entrepreneur. I take risks, you know, I, you know, shoot hip. I'm always figuring things out. Um I'm really good at talking to people and you know getting them to feel comfortable with things that they're not comfortable with and all of that. But it was so hard for me to think that, you know, who's going to give me a check for, you know, $250,000? Who's going to pay me up front and, you know, trust that it's going to be finished? So, like, I would get in my head about those things um, and In the past, I see it today, looking back, you know, that's what held me back from um, really taking the step of saying, no, this is how things are going to go is because I was fearful. I tried to put myself in their situation and I didn't think I would go for it. So um, it was really important for me to get out of my head.
0: We're not typically a very good stand in for our clients. You know what I mean? I would project my money mindset baggage, my scarcity issues, my fear issues, around not having enough, I would project that onto the clients. And I would think, I'm not writing a check to somebody I don't know for $300,000. However, from the client's perspective, the client who isn't me, if I've adequately convinced them of my value, I seem trustworthy, there are testimonials, they believe, then I am able to convince them to give me that check. It's a form of seller's guilt, right? Right.
3: Yeah. And that's exactly it. And, um, you know, eventually we change our consultations to be in line with the 15 steps as well. Um, and I'm getting really, really good at it in the point where I, I just, I have a way of going about it and I have a way of going through the contract and I have a way of showing the 15 steps and creating slides. Um, that show um, our core values. I go through that with clients, shows our transparency and how we build an example. So when, as I'm going through that recently, I started thinking about like, you know, if I was in their shoes, I would be like, yes, take my money and get everything done, you know, because <laughs> I come across as a professional business, you know, so that's the difference, um, I think.
0: So you do this all with visuals? You like pull out your laptop and you show some images?
3: I do, I do. I wanted to make sure I didn't I have a, have a way of just like getting off topic, as you can tell, <laughs> and just talking a lot. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that, you know, I had a guideline of where I was going to go. And I, I felt like having like slides was the way to go. Um, and also um, we had a lot of um, press and accolades this year that I wanted to make sure I, uh, I share with the potential client at the consultation. So I thought, you know, what better way than to show, you know, the logos of these publications and um, how we won an award and all these things. So that was um, that's that was a deciding factor that I really needed to have, you know, some kind of visuals. And it's, it's worked out for us pretty well.
0: That is cool. So you made fundamental changes. You changed your contract. You changed the consultation. Are there other things that made a big difference in your business?
3: Um, one of the big things was having... Um, the behind the scenes systems put together. And I have to say from the beginning, and again, this has only been a little over a year that we made all these changes. Um, I would literally come into the office um, on a daily basis going, guys, we're changing this, we're changing. I heard this podcast (laughs) and I had an idea. And, you know, people in the office would be like, oh my God, you cannot listen to another podcast until we get this thing going, you know? (laughs) Um, But we would be making changes as we were going along. You know, and as we were making changes, it occurred to me that not only was the client-facing side of things going to be different, you know, we were going to be more professional. We were going to show the client where we're going from the beginning to the end so they know what's coming next. We're going to set the expectations. But the behind the scenes, right, the work in the office, how we were processing um, the decisions, the contracts, the retainers, and all of that stuff was going to have to change too. Um, And with the decision of Wanting to grow, you know, I knew I wanted to grow, and I knew I wanted to be big, whatever that means. Um, I knew that in order to bring more people in, I had to have all those things ironed out. So that was the challenge that I gave myself. Um, so I took away the decisions on what we were changing because, you know, bod provided that for us. So I just said, I'm not going to question. That's what we're going to do. Somebody's proven that it's it's it, it works. So I'm not going to question that. Um, I put my efforts into what was it going to look like on the behind the scenes so that if we were going to hire another person, we knew exactly what we needed that person to do and it was going to be efficient and it was going to work. Um, so that was, that was really big for us too.
0: Oh, you dangled something that I just cannot ignore. You said you want to be big. What does that mean?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I just have this, um, This feeling in my gut, you know, that um, I'm just meant to do big things, and I, I I say I don't know what that means because, you know, I I just there's so there's so many, I have so many ambitions and so many ideas, um, and I I want to make sure that I. I, (laughs) um, So with Beyond Interior Design, I knew we I wanted to grow the company, um, you know, to be multidisciplinary, to have um, different designers. I didn't want it to just be Juliana's interior design. I wanted it to be a company that had a a culture of collaboration that um, was going to bring forth innovative ideas to the table. And if you're gonna produce innovative things, you have to be open to, you know, bringing different minds with different perspectives. So I knew we were gonna be a company that had multiple designers.
0: I just am going to interrupt here and say, you are speaking about all of this in the past tense. You're using the past tense rather than the present tense. I think it's going to be a lot more powerful for you when you claim it and start using present tense. How many people are you right now in your firm? So
3: right now um, in our office staff, we have 11 people and um, we have an extension of our staff that are contractors. Um, like our publicist, and we have um, a, a writer that writes our blogs. Um, we have um, uh, bookkeeping, CPAs, lawyers. We have a whole team of people that um, are support, you know, staff behind the scenes as well that are not necessarily, you know, on our regular payroll, but are part of the team as well.
0: Well, I got to tell you, a lot of people listening would say that's big already. So, what's your definition of big?
3: I have to say that. Um, This is amazing, and I'm grateful for this growth, but we're headed in a bigger direction as well. I want to be the company that people want to work for and clients want to work with. Um, I want to be out there uh, doing um, innovative design and um, really making clients happy um, and being talked about in that manner.
0: It sounds like you'll be working in teams. Maybe you'll hire an architect, or do you think you'll just have senior designers?
3: So we already have, we have a senior designer on staff. One of our junior designers is, for, is um, formally trained as an architect. Um, we do a lot of remodels. Um, as a matter of fact, we just took a project on, on that. It's strictly, strictly um, the exterior architecture of the, the house. Um, the client hired an architect and they had an idea of what they wanted, but the interior layout that they had in mind doesn't match the exterior. Well, they want us, they're bringing us in, um, to do a, a study on, um, the topography of the land and figure out how to get the aesthetic that they are looking for. So we're working through that. So yeah, it, it really, I came from an arch, uh, architect and engineer family. Everybody in my family is architect and engineer. So, um, we, I'm always really interested, um, in all aspects of the design, um, development. So
0: I would really encourage you to share this openly with your team, write it down, do your design for living, do your business planning, say it, own it, claim it. When you win, you show us all what's possible. We'll say we knew you win.
3: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I do believe in that. So this is a big part of what you know was so different before is that I was doing everything and I felt this responsibility. That um, I had to, you know, I'm the owner and I I have to do everything. I have to resolve everything. I can't possibly ask my associate to do, you know, this hard thing. Um, And I had to change my mindset so that everybody on the team is as important as the next person is as important as I am um, in the role that they take.
0: That reminds me of that wonderful moment where as the business owner, you realize you really have an impact on people's lives. You can offer profit sharing or continued education or mentoring, but of course you can't do any of that until the business is in order. That's like putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. And to your point, you know, it
3: allows you to step back and then make the right decisions and, and see things because if whenever you're so involved in doing everything, you, you don't have the, the, the possibility to have perspective to step away and look in. Right. Um, and again, I can, I can attest to that um, from personal experience as well. You know, just thinking about the staff that I used to have and the staff that I have now. And it's, it's really fun. Like what we've been able to do recently, you know, is, um, really take care of the people that work here and um, everybody that works here are here because they love this company. And it's so exciting for me to, to know that and hear that we put an ad out um, the summer to hire a junior designer and an expediter. And we had over a hundred applications from all over the world. And it just like brought me to tears because, you know, that's exactly what, um, my dream is, and the fact that I know that we're heading that direction is, is really important to me. So um, I, I, it is important to me to know that I can do things for, for my team as well, so that they are happy here and they're continuing to grow um, as well.
0: That's so beautiful. Now, in order not to alienate everybody listening, I want to just take you off the pedestal for a moment, which I put you there. You didn't put yourself there. You're wonderful in every way, but we want to know what's your kryptonite? What's the thing uh, that you are still working on, your work in progress? Mm, That's such a good question.
3: (laughs) I I think there's quite a few things. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that no matter how prepared you think you are, there's, it's always going to be different in the, in the real world situation. Right. Um, I would say, um, for me is it's training, um, my design staff, because I want to allow them to be creative and I want them to, um, come at the problems from their own perspective and, and solve them in the way that they think is best. Um, so it's really, it, was, it used to be really hard for me to step away and let them do it. And now I do it so much that my kryptonite is that I, I don't step in quickly enough. So um, in a way, sometimes I allow them to fail and I have to go back and, you know, um, and talk about the situation and, 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 and make sure that it's a learning experience.
0: Letting your team fail, you know, as long as it doesn't hurt the client and it's safe to do so is important because if a team member steps up and takes ownership and cleans up the mess, number one, they'll never make that mistake again. But number two, they become part owner of the business I used to think I was protecting my team from failing at all costs, but there's a bunch of problems with that. Well, f- the first problem is I don't know everything. So sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I would think, oh, that's going to, she's going to land flat on her face with that idea. And then it would be like amazing, but, you know, the client, it was her client's favorite thing in the whole project. So I was like, oh, wow, <gasps> thanks. But the other thing is it would limit their autonomy, right? It's totally demoralizing when the boss is like, just let me do it, I'll do it. Oh my God, you can't, I can. That's the message, right? Nobody wants that messaging. So I would have to say my kryptonite is still micromanaging, it really is. From time to time, Cheryl will will say to me, seriously, when I mention a task or whatever, she'll give me a stink eye look, you know, side eye. I'm like, okay, fine, I'm so sorry, I'll stop talking now. (laughs)
3: that's so funny because I'm kind of the opposite you know I don't like being micromanaged I found that out really young I'm one of those people that I'm just like tell me what you want well tell me what the result is and let me do it you know and again I think our tendency is to put ourselves in people's shoes with the same perspective we do and I forget that sometimes people want more guidance you know and they're not as you know willing to take risks that I am. Um, so, but I, I agree with you that, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, making those mistakes. If it's, if it's a safe situation where, you know, perhaps we're going to work late as a team and, and pick it all up, but, um, it's not the client is not going to see on the other side, um, that the situation happened. It's a, it's a great learning experience. So, um, I just want to make sure that I'm being careful with, um, with the, the the people that work for me, right? So that they do feel like they're supported. So um, sometimes uh, me allowing them to make those mistakes can be seen as me not being supportive. So I I wanna make sure that we go back and, and see what the lesson was in that situation.
0: Such a good conversation. Thank you. Juliana, you know, we like to end every episode with Design for Living. What's some wisdom you'll share with our group? I have to say, you know, don't reinvent the wheel.
3: And, um, specifically to the 15 step, um, system, it works, you know, I'm not the only one, you're not the only one. There's so many people, um, in this industry that has put the, put this to the test and it works. So, um, just do it, you know, find the time. And if it's, you know, a few things at a time, um, just implement it, you know, try it out. And, you know, it, it, sometimes you just never know until you try. And, you know, I, I definitely have been there. So I think, um, that's definitely the the intervention that I would do, I would do
0: Thank you so much for that. By the way, this was not a paid endorsement. I oh, really really that's we're we're very grateful. We are uh, we're very grateful. You know, I get a lot of emails from members who have found themselves in a spot of trouble, and almost invariably I can go back to the system and say, you know, here's where you made a modification that didn't work. So the one thing I would say is don't tweak it until you've used it for a while, 6 months or so. Don't don't tweak it until you try it, right? That is our new tagline. Don't tweak it till you tried it. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. I like that.
2: (laughs) Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, You'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.